What's going on guys? It's Nick here, back with another video. Happy Thanksgiving to everyone. I'm sure we're all looking forward to the three games today, one game tomorrow, but if you're looking for a breakdown of those four games, you're in the wrong spot. Last video I posted broke down those four. This one starts with the Sunday video. So first up, we've got Jaguars at Texans, 48.5 point total Jaguars, 1.5 point road favorites. For the Jaguars, Trevor Lawrence had a really good game last week, though a lot of that was due to two rushing touchdowns, which could happen again, but is like fairly unrepeatable if we're expecting two rushing touchdowns. The odds are neither one of them is coming from Trevor Lawrence, um, but the matchup is also tough, but the Texans have also been like really good. So it's like you've got Trevor Lawrence, who's been very, very up and down this season in a bad spot. The up happened last week, and usually they don't happen two weeks in a row for him. But if the Texans are rolling, if the Texans are finding success, and, you know, Trevor Lawrence just has to be in a trailing script if the total is correct and it's a higher scoring game, we could still see a lot of touchdowns even in what is a difficult matchup. So there is upside here. Um, but again, if those two touchdowns from last week hadn't come on the ground, we're taking 12 points away from Trevor Lawrence. And again, that's something that's not super repeatable for him. So he's my quarterback 10 this week. I think you can definitely use him, but don't be shocked if he goes back to having a bad game. After Lawrence, I'd say the only must start is Travis Etienne. Like I said before, the rushing touchdowns would usually come through him. And this is a really good matchup for rushing touchdowns. Not a good matchup for efficiency, but my guess is Etienne does have a rushing score this week. And then Kirk, Ridley, Ingram are all really good plays. I don't want to call any of them must starts, but Kirk and the wide receiver 19, Ridley's 22nd, Ingram is 11th. So they're all very, very good plays. My guess is you're playing all of them. And again, it's a good game environment. So if it's very, very close between you know, one of those three players and someone else in the rankings, this is a game that has ceiling, you know, could be a 60 point total. We could see both teams score, you know, around 30 points. So use it as a tiebreaker and say a player in this game is worth a start over someone else in maybe a lesser game. On the Texan side, uh, and that extends to like players on both sides of this game. The Texans, um, Jaguars have a really, really good run defense, um, much better than they've had in recent years, but they're definitely attackable through the air, which isn't great news for the Jaguars because, you know, the Texans have been so good through the, through the air over the last like month or so. Uh, we will see the final status of uh, Damian Pierce. Don't yet know if he is going to play. But it's not a good spot, and so you definitely would want Pierce to be out again if you're looking to play Singletary. Um, I do think Singletary has this role on lock. Like he's going to be the starting running back for the rest of the season. That's not the concern. It's more if Pierce does show up, he'll be less featured. So Pierce will still get some carries. He'll still have a chance of stealing goal line work. And so if it's also a bad matchup, the floor for Singletary will be much lower, so will the ceiling. So right now he's grading out in that like 25 to 27 range. Definitely fine to play, but the matchup is not nearly as good as it has been in recent weeks for Singletary. After him, I would play all of Stroud, Dell, Collins, and Dalton Schultz. Uh, with Noah Brown being viable in deeper formats, um, you're going to hear me say this a lot. It's a full 16-game slate, right? We have all... 32 teams playing this week. You have no one on by. So unless you have a ton of injuries, my guess is for those of you in 8, 10, 12 team leagues, 
you probably don't have to go to Noah Brown. You probably have a few players that are better starts. But if you're in a deeper format, uh, if you're in like a 12-team league with, you know, three wide receiver spots, maybe in that third wide receiver spot, you can use him. Uh, because, you know, again, like I said, this offense is rolling. Uh, and Noah Brown has a really strong role. But again, that's only if he plays. Obviously, sit the other ones uh, and don't play like, you know, the backup wide receivers if he is out. Next up, we have Steelers at Bengals. Very low. 34 and a half point total Steelers, one point road favorites. For the Steelers, uh, everyone's basically on the fringes, but I will say the matchup is really good. And with Matt Canada being fired, maybe the offense can get going this week. Uh, the Bengals are allowing the second most yards per carry and the most yards per pass attempt in the league. This is a particularly good spot for wide receivers getting downfield. So it's a really good uh, game, a good opportunity, I guess, for George Pickens. Uh, the tough part is just the total. With everyone in this game, you're still attached to the game environment. And when the total is low, it also means the yards are probably going to be low, right? If teams are driving up and down the field, well, they're at least getting field goals. They're probably scoring some touchdowns, and the total is not going to be 34 and a half, right? When we have these low total games, it means there's probably a lot of punts, a, probably a lot of stalled drives. And so if everyone is attached to that game environment, it's just less likely that someone goes out there and has 100 to score. Less, much less likely anyone has two touchdowns. I mean, these teams might only score one or two touchdowns in total. So not a good game environment. Don't go crazy here. Uh, but the matchup is pretty good for Steelers players. Um, I would probably play Najee and Warren as low-end running back twos. I'd probably use Pickens and Deontay. In the flex spot, I guess more ideally that wide receiver three spot if you have that. Um, again, all four have really good matchups. All four have enough talent plus opportunity to produce really good stat lines in this game. Um, I would just not call anyone a must start. And I wouldn't feel bad benching any Steelers players. For the Bengals, um, only must starts are Chase and Joe Mixon. Uh, it's honestly wild that I'm only projecting Chase as around like the wide receiver seven or eight, depending on the format. Uh, just given that, you know, the matchup is so good. I mean, we've been targeting wide receiver ones against Pittsburgh all season. But, you know, that's what happens when you chop down from Joe Burrow to Browning. Like, obviously, that's a very drastic drop-off. Uh, so even an amazing spot for wide receivers, the ceiling is only so high when you have that. Um, I would definitely still play Chase. It doesn't really matter. Like, you're still putting him in the starting lineup. And he could hit, you know, he could have five targets. I mean, he's going to have more than that. But, like, the point is he could have five targets, but one of them goes for a 70-yard touchdown very easily. That makes up his day. Like, he can still hit even on a low-volume day. And if Higgins is going to be out again, the volume is probably not going to be very low. So, again, play Chase. Uh, and then I think you have to play Mixon because he's, like, been the most featured running back in the NFL. So, it doesn't matter what the matchup is. Have to play him. Um, Higgins, if he returns... Probably too risky for me. I think you'd have a better option. Um, I just wouldn't feel good about him in his first game back unless we're fully confident in it. And again, in such a low total with Brownie at quarterback, I don't know. I probably wouldn't go there, especially again, full uh, you know, 16-game slate this week. And then I don't think even if he's out, I wouldn't play Boyd and I wouldn't play the tight ends. Next up, we've got Panthers at Titans. Another very low total, 36.5 points. Titans, 3.5 point home favorites. For the Panthers, Adam Thielen is really the only player we're interested in, and he's definitely like a good play in this spot. Um, but obviously, know that like it's really just volume and matchup driven. Like this offense as a whole could very easily fall apart 
they could score 10 points this week. And if Thielen doesn't end up scoring a touchdown, he could put together like a seven for 70 game. And you're like, ah, that's not, you know, that amazing. Uh, But the matchup is good. And they basically just pepper Adam Thielen with targets every play. So basically just play him. Don't play anyone else. Uh, No teams allowed a higher catch rate over expectation to wide receivers than the Titans. uh, And they've done so well. Also doing a slight increase to yards perception. So it's just a great spot for wide receivers. Play him. Honestly, don't play anyone else. Uh, not a good spot for the running backs, and they're splitting the workload. Then for the Titans, uh, Derrick Henry has not been great, but this is a smash spot. Uh, only two teams are allowing more rushing yards over expectation than the Panthers, and only one team is allowing more schedule-adjusted fantasy points to running backs. The Titans are also home favorites. We know the splits with Derrick Henry. When he wins, especially at home, or when the Titans win, he goes off. When they lose, he just doesn't have very good games. They're projected to win this one in a good match against running backs. Like you have to play Derrick Henry. He's got an elite ceiling this week. Um, aside from Henry, you could play uh, DeAndre Hopkins in the flex. I mean, he's a fine play. I guess more ideally wide receiver three, uh, but it's a negative matchup. Uh, game script probably tilts more towards the run than the pass. I'd probably bench Hopkins if you can this week. Saints at Falcons. Up next, 42.5 point total. Falcons, one point home favorites. For the Saints, uh, the hope, I guess my hope, is that Derek Carr will be benched uh, for Jameis Winston. In all likelihood, that's not going to happen. So we're probably going to have Carr quarterback. But just know if Winston is the quarterback, please, please, please play Chris Olave. He would go off. Unfortunately, we're probably going to get Carr. Uh, and it's a tough matchup. Game environment's also not very good. It's not as bad as some of these, like, you know, 34, 35-point total games, but it's not a good game environment, especially if the Falcons can get up and run the ball a ton. Um, Falcons are also best attacked with tight ends, so if you want to take a shot on Taysom Hill, if you want to take a deep flyer on Juwan Johnson, sure, um, probably don't have to play Juwan Johnson, but, you know, Taysom Hill, not a bad play. Um, but, yeah, I mean, it's just not It's not a spot where I'm expecting a ton of offensive production from the Saints. Uh, You're playing Alvin Kamara. Michael Thomas is on IR, so we're opening up spots for Chris Olave, and I think most people are just playing Chris Olave in any matchup, so even being a negative matchup and having Carr, like, I think you're still playing Olave, Um, and it does open up a ceiling for Rashid Shahid. It opens up a potential flyer play on AT Perry in, like, very deep, you know, 16-league formats, Uh, but for the most part, honestly, like, the matchup is not good. The environment's not good, so I would probably stick to Kamara and Olave and maybe Taysom Hill if you need that tight end play. Uh, but I'm not like crazy about anyone on the Saints this week. Then for the Falcons, the only must start is Bijan Robinson. Um, London, the tight ends have a really difficult matchup. And we're not really expecting like heavy passing volume with Ritter back at quarterback this week. So I would start Bijan and I would only play the others if you need to. If you had to play Drake London, he's a talented enough player, a good enough red zone role. Like he can win in any matchup. Uh, I'm just not expecting heavy volume this week. And so I wouldn't play him. Like that would be like a tiebreaker. If it's a tiebreaker between London and someone else, they play in a better game environment. I would probably lean away from London this week. Next up, we've got Bucks at Colts. 44 point total Colts, two and a half point home favorites. For the Bucks, uh, the Colts are a plus matchup to everyone except for tight ends, uh, where they're basically just a neutral matchup. So it's a really good spot for everyone this week. Um, I think you're playing all of Rashad White, Mike Evans, and Chris Godwin, uh, with Kate Otten being like fine to stream. Nothing stands out about him. You need a touchdown, obviously, but he's been playing pretty well if you want to stream him, or if you have been streaming him, you don't have anything else. 
definitely fine to do that. But, you know, we're not like expecting him to have, you know, seven for 70 in a score. He's probably going to be around like five targets this week. Uh, Godwin is probably the toughest call. If you've, whatever you've been doing is honestly what I would continue to. If you've been benching him, the spot is good, but it's not good enough to where like, I think he's going to have, you know, way more volume than he's been getting. And so if you've been benching him, I think it's fine to keep him on the bench. If you've been starting him, I don't see a reason in this matchup to bench him. He should see around seven or eight targets. Um, we should expect him to catch around five or six of them. That sets him up for like a five for 65 for 70 type day. And then he needs a touchdown. The touchdowns haven't been happening, but he's plenty involved in the red zone. They're going to happen eventually. So I think I would play him, but again, don't be like, oh, I haven't been considering him before. Now I'll throw him in the starting lineup. If you haven't been playing before, you don't need to play him now. Uh, but I would play Mike Evans, definitely. Then for the Colts, uh, the Bucks are a really good matchup for wide receivers and a bad one for running backs. Jonathan Taylor has been featured recently, though, so you're definitely playing him. And I would certainly start Michael Pittman Jr. Behind those two, it gets a little bit thin. You could play downs maybe as a low-end wide receiver three, um, but again... All 32 teams are playing this week. Uh, he's kind of banged up with his knee injury. I think he'll be more um, recovered from it. I think he'll be good to go in this game. But you probably don't need to play Josh Downs. It's not like I'm expecting him to have 10 targets this week. Um, then you could maybe stream Gardner Minshew. He's my quarterback, 16. But again, full slate. I don't think you need to go there. Final 1 o'clock game is going to be a thriller between the Patriots and the Giants. Pathetic. 33 and a half point total Patriots, three point road favorites for the Patriots. Uh, the Giants have definitely been better recently on defense, but they still do grade out as a plus matchup. Unfortunately, there's no one really on New England that can take advantage of plus matchups. Uh, the only two you're looking at are Stevenson and Demiro Douglas. And I do think Stevenson this week, especially in a spot where they can be winning, is a low end running back too. I think you can definitely play him at running back too. And then Douglas, only my wide receiver 42, but you know, especially in full PPR formats, I think he could rack up, you know, six, seven receptions. He is someone they're trying to involve in the red zone as well. And so I think he could have a good game. You're probably looking at opposite game scripts, though. Like, you're probably hoping the Patriots get up with Stevenson, that he does rack up some receptions, but then he can, you know, approach, you know, 15, 16 carries. You're probably hoping for a trailing game script with Douglas, where New England falls behind, the matchup isn't too tough, and Douglas can rack up six or seven receptions. Um, I don't think either one is a priority play for me, but both are definitely viable. I wouldn't feel bad about playing either one of them. Then for the Giants, uh, it's Saquon or Bust. Like, the matchup is really poor for Saquon, but the volume is awesome. He's a great player. You're starting him. You're benching everyone else on the Giants. Four o'clock games kick off with another low total game. Browns at Broncos, 35-point total. Broncos, two-and-a-half-point home favorites. On the Browns side, um, this is a really good matchup for the running backs and the tight ends, a bad one for the wide receivers. Jerome Ford actually grades out as a running back two this week. He's a pretty good play. Kareem Hunt, running back 33, probably need a touchdown for Hunt to be a good play because uh, he's definitely not. You look at him run, he's not breaking off any sort of long plays. Uh, so it's possible some of you need to play Kareem Hunt, um, but I would say if you have Jerome Ford, if he's been on the fringes for you, this is a good spot for him. I would play him. Um, the Broncos have by far the worst run defense in the NFL, really no matter what metric you look at. And since the Browns, you know, can definitely pull ahead and can definitely win this game, they're not favored, but it's close enough spread where they could be winning. There is a lot of upside for the running backs in the spot. Um, so those two are pretty good options. Then the only other two I'd really consider are Marty Cooper, wide receiver, 24 for me, David Njoku, my tight end, 
10. Um, we've got Dorian Thompson Robinson at quarterback, though. So, you know, all pass catchers, lower ceiling, lower floor than they would normally have. I will say this, though. David Njoku had 15 targets last week. So in a good matchup, like I wouldn't shy away from him. He was peppered with targets last week. That could continue. He's got an elite red zone role just because he didn't score last week. Doesn't mean he doesn't have a great red zone role. Uh, touchdowns haven't been hitting for him, but they're going to eventually. Honestly, I think he's a great streaming option this week. Then for the Broncos side, no one's appealing. Uh, the Browns are not a defense we ever look to attack. They have a very, very strong defense. Everyone has a brutal matchup. There's no like specific area you can attack them with. Um, best play is probably Javonta Williams since he's got a pretty high touch expectation and he plays a running back, right? Kind of a thin position, uh, but he's only my running back 28 this week and you could definitely bench him, and you could definitely bench everyone on the Denver Broncos. Sutton is also a pretty decent play. He's been playing really, really well, and they do look to him a lot in the red zone, but only my wide receiver 36 right now. So, you know, you can use him. Um, wouldn't feel bad about using him, but again, the Browns are awesome on defense. Like, I'm not looking to attack them with anyone. Next up, we've got Rams at Cardinals, 44.5 point total. Rams currently one point road favorites. For the Rams, uh, my guess is that Cooper Cup is going to be out one more week, and so we should get one more week of Puka Nakua being featured. Um, Kyron Williams is also expected back this week. He should be playing. So the breakdown is fairly simple, right? If Cup is out, play Puka, play Kyron Williams. If Cup plays, I think you have to play him. I think whenever he's out there, you have to play him. I know it's very frustrating. He keeps leaving with these injuries. Um, but again, I don't think he's going to play. I think they're going to hold him out. I said one more week before, but like, I think they're going to hold him out this week. He'll be back next week. Uh, so I'd play Kyron, play Puka, don't play anyone else. Then for the Cardinals side, um, Kyler and McBride, I would say are both must starts with James Conner grading out as my running back 24, Marquise Brown, wide receiver 39. The Rams don't really allow many running back receptions, but James Conner does still have rushing touchdown upside, and he's got good you know, upside on the ground because he's going to be the guy they go to there. Um, the other running backs aren't really mixing in behind him. Um, fairly neutral matchup. Uh, overall for most players, I would say it's a pretty positive matchup for tight ends against the Rams. Um, but there's no real like one area where you have to attack the Rams defense. They're just kind of solid all around, relatively league average. Um, Marquise Brown hasn't been hitting with Kyler, but he's always a threat to score the long touchdown. We talked about two weeks ago. He just missed on one. It was like an inch away from a pretty long touchdown. His stat line would look better if he hit there. Um, but yeah, he's a, a low floor, relatively high ceiling, boom bust flex play. Um, someone that you probably don't need to play this week. Um, again, zero buys. But if you had to play him in the flex, ideally, you know, wide receiver three, second flex spot. If you had to go there, good ceiling, good play. I don't think you should feel bad about that next up we have what is probably the best game of the week bills at eagles 48 and a half point total eagles three and a half point home favorites for the bills philly is a really tough matchup though not as difficult as they have been in prior years um, and not difficult enough for me to like you know not want to play the bills studs like you play them in any matchup so allen Diggs, kincaid all must starts for me james cook's my running back 29 gave him a wide receiver 48 Cook has seen a dip in his target share recently, and they are mixing in other running backs. Plus, his touchdown upside is fairly low. Hit last week, but like touchdown upside is very, very low for James Cook. So I would consider him a low ceiling, low end running back too. Uh, and then remember what I always say about Gabe, 
He's going to get you like three or 30. He had no points last week. I think it was another game this year where he had zero points. Uh, to be honest, the low end, like that three-point outcome, has been happening a lot more this year. And there's nothing about this matchup that indicates that this is the time he goes for 30. So you can probably bench Gabe Davis, and I wouldn't play any of their secondary players. The final 4 o'clock game is going to be Chiefs at Raiders, 43.5-point total. Chiefs, 8.5-point road favorites. For the Chiefs, Kelsey, Mahomes, must starts. Uh, Pacheco's a very strong start uh, with no one else really in consideration for me. Pacheco has been the 12th most featured running back in the NFL over the last month. That's really good. He's had a very, very strong role. Unfortunately, he also has negative one receiving yards over the last three weeks combined. And so the early down roll is great and he's being used in the red zone, but the receiving role has basically like gone away recently. That can always come back, but it's not a great outlook, especially in a spot where you know, they probably don't have to throw the running backs that much because they'll probably be winning this game, but still a good spot. I think he's a very strong play. Uh, just, you know, not a massive ceiling for Zip Pacheco. Also, I know some people are going to ask about Justin Watson. He had 11 targets on primetime. Seemed like every play they were throwing to him. Um, I just don't trust any KC wide receiver. Any of them could have a decent game, uh, but none of them are probably going to see significant volume. I wouldn't be shocked if Watson went back down to five targets and it took him 11 targets, you know, to have five for 50 in the touchdown, right? So I wouldn't play any of their wide receivers until someone starts to consistently earn that target share. One game from Watson is not enough for me to start him. Then for the Raiders, uh, brutal matchup. I mean, the Chiefs have been a really strong defense this season. Only three teams are limiting yards perception more to wide receivers and only two teams are limiting catch rate more. And so you could argue that KC is the toughest matchup for opposing wide receivers. So Adams is definitely the only one I would play, and it's only as a low-end wide receiver two this week. Uh, so bench Myers, bench Mayer. Um, I would say Jacobs has to be started every week, just given the volume you're expecting. But yeah, I mean, when you do out the projections for Adams, I have over a 31% target share projected. Still doesn't grade out well because the Chiefs defense is that good. Sunday night game is going to be Ravens at Chargers. This game has a very high 47-point total. I guess not very high, but very high for this season, honestly. 47-point total. It's nice to at least see some green in the totals this year. Uh, then Ravens, 3.5-point road favorites. For the Ravens, this is a smash spot. Only two teams are allowing a higher yards per reception to wide receivers, and they do so while allowing a boost to catch rate. It's also a really good spot for the tight ends and a good spot for running back receptions. Problem is... Andrews is out, so they can't take advantage there. And then Baltimore doesn't really throw to their running back, so that's also another spot can't take advantage of. Uh, so definitely start Lamar. Uh, start Gus as like a touchdown-dependent running back, too. That's probably going to score a touchdown. He has, what, nine touchdowns over the last five games. And then I would start Zay Flowers as a wide receiver, too. It's a great matchup for him. And Mark Andrews being out really does open up target share potential for everyone. It's probably just going to be split amongst everyone. But if you're increasing an already pretty high target share for Zay Flowers in a good matchup, I just think they lean on him more and he is a good play. Toughest call here is with Isaiah Likely. Uh, the matchup is great. And if you added him specifically to replace Mark Andrews, I just roll with him this week, see what the target share ends up being, understand that it's risky and he can go out there and have one catch for 10 yards, but so could every tight end that's not in the top five or seven. So you can't really be upset if he lays an egg. Uh, but yeah, it's tough to know what his target share is going to be, but he's my tight end 13 this week. Again, if you lost Andrews, I think you just roll with him for this week. 
Then for the Chargers, Ravens are a very, very brutal matchup, uh, but volume will be there for Eckler and Keenan Allen, so definitely start them. Don't play anyone else. Um, I don't think I would start Herbert this week. If you had to, like that was your only option, you look at free agency and you're like, okay, do I start him or Kenny Pickett? It's like, well, you start Herbert, right? We're not going absolute scrub quarterbacks, but if you have another option, if you've had two, you've been streaming, I would go with the other option this week. Final game of the week is going to be Monday Night Football, Bears at Vikings, 43-point total, Vikings 3.5-point home favorites. For the Bears, uh, we will see what the status of Dante Foreman is. Um, matchup is really, really poor. Only three teams limit yards per carry more than the Vikings, and the Bears are road underdogs, which is not good for running backs, especially when they don't catch passes. And so let's watch the status of Foreman. Hopefully, we know that before Sunday because you have to start your other options on Sunday. If we don't know his status going into Monday night, or I guess on Sunday, if, when the other games start, if we don't know the status of Foreman, I would not play Foreman, and I probably wouldn't play any of their running backs. Um, if Foreman is out and we know that, Herbert would be a pretty strong play, so you could use him at running back too. Um, but again, we'd have to know the status of Foreman, and you have to understand that it is still a very difficult matchup. Aside from the running backs, uh, wide receivers and tight ends do have a plus matchup. And so I'd start Fields, I'd start DJ Moore, I'd start Cole Clement. Uh, I would probably just bench everyone else. No one else sees really good volume. And then finally, for the Vikings side, uh, the Bears have a really strong run defense, but they do give up a lot of running back reception. So not a horrible start for Madison or horrible spot for Madison. Um, I think you can play him as a running back too. Um, they also give up a pretty high catch rate to tight ends, but for a low A dot, that's fine because Hawkinson has a really high target share and a low a dot so it kind of really fits into being a really good spot for hawkinson you're playing hawkinson you're playing addison if jefferson is out it's still a pretty decent spot for addison it's definitely not a smash spot i don't expect him to have a great game but if jefferson and out, i think it's a good enough spot we can start him as you know like a flex play this week and then dobbs is my quarterback 12 right now um I'm currently not really expecting Jefferson to play this week. Um, if he does play, you bump down Addison. I'm not sure I would play Addison. And then Dobbs would be a really good streaming option. Uh, and you would play Jefferson first week back. Uh, just given what he's been saying, it doesn't seem like he's going to play. So my expectation is he'll be out one more week. Then they'll go on by. Then he'll be back in week 14. If that happens again, I would play Hawkinson. Dobbs quarterback 12. Addison, pretty strong flex play. Uh, and then Madison, Good play. I will again say the matchup is way worse for Madison and Chandler than it was last week. And with Madison healthy, I don't think I would play Chandler. And then Madison is a fine play again at running back too. So there's a breakdown of every single game this week. You can see my exact rankings and projections on my website, thefantasyfootballadvice.com. You can also see all of my underdog picks and all of my DK projections for free this week since I'm not going to be doing the underdog videos. This is the last video of the week. Again, if you want to play on those sites, those are free on my website, thefantasyfootballadvice.com. So that's it for this one. Hope you all did enjoy. If you did, how about hitting the like button? How about subscribing to the channel if you're new here? Thanks for watching.